Hey, Martyr. Oh my God, hi. Listeners want to know, what's going on with your love life? Oh my God, don't get me started. These apps have me going crazy. I'm on there for hours, but I can't seem to find a date. Have you heard of Motto? Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with the bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfish after catfish, and I feel like I'm always scrolling the grid. Well, on Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. I love that. Sounds like my kind of app. Get Motto today by going to the link in this episode's description or use invite code ZVOGS when signing up. That's ZVOGS when signing up. Ooh, I think I will. Motto, gay and queer hookups without the nonsense. Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. flying and we're here Ooh, hi kids hi it I'm feels Martyr. like it's been a long time <laughs> i know um i'm Martyr. mc temper and this is we get out um don't know when this is coming out <laughs> you better know oh okay um it's Figure coming it out, out. <laughs> this is like um anyways enough about that yeah no one cares. uh no one cares um <laughs> Caitlin, what are we doing today? Who are we talking to? What are we doing? Okay, so we have queer painter, drag, and improv performer, David Puck. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're surviving. <laughs> we're surviving. This heat wave, I swear. Oh, uh, it's so gross today. Oh, yeah. Um, I like completely missed the intro because someone started calling me and I've now uh, put my phone on do not disturb so I just heard the very end but I'm going to assume that you said really lovely nice things about <laughs> we, did, we, we did we said horrible things but you will only know once um, the episode airs yep so oh, <laughs> that's more motivation for you to edit it and get it out there then. <laughs> oh yes absolutely um, well David thank you for, so much for joining us today um Let's just get into it, Caitlin. Yeah. Um, where are so, you from originally? Yeah. yeah, I hear an accent, but I yeah. don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah, some people find mine hard to pin down. So I grew up on the border of Wales in England. Oh. Uh, so if you see my fair lady, Hartford, Herefordshire and Hampshire, where hurricanes hardly ever happen. I'm from Herefordshire. And that is oh. our only cultural reference <laughs> that exists. <laughs> right 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 mm-hmm. very small town very rural and i grew up there and then for the last like eight oh well actually skip back i was born in florida oh. uh, but my parents were british yeah and then i moved to back to the uk when i was seven and then as and then for the last like eight years as an adult i've kind of been like living all over including and in, a lot in america and like now i'm in new york so i feel like it's a fusion of like childhood american with english with gay with like a little bit of spanish and it's all just kind of like created a very strange voice where where in florida boca raton okay, uh, okay. i'll be mm-hmm. there yeah very in the next <laughs> Which, month <laughs> for anyone who doesn't speak spanish it means rat's mouth 
which like I never realized growing up. And then I learned Spanish and I was like, oh my God, the rat's mouth. That's like the ugliest name for a town that you could I mean, have. It's Florida. Is there anything I mean, pretty there? The malls. The malls? What? Yeah. Boca Raton has like nice malls. Oh, okay. Work, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Well, I found out recently that Ariana Grande went to yeah, my she's she's from school. there. Yeah, she we went to the same elementary school. So I, me and my siblings were like looking back at our like yearbook, looking for like a little girl with a ponytail, but we couldn't find any. No, that's when she was still Italian. She had like curly hair when she was little. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I think she's about the same age as me as well. So if we had stayed in Florida and not moved back to England, I might have been Ariana Grande's best friend. Oh. Lives that could have been oh, my God. oh man an alter uh, yeah no should happen alternate universe <laughs> i know i'm happy for that david park wherever they are they're having a yeah. great time like we're in this timeline so whatever <laughs> it doesn't sound too bad i was gonna say this david doesn't sound too bad so um... <laughs> yeah i'm having fun i'm happy <laughs> that's all that matters <laughs> um how did you end up in new york then uh so this time around i moved here for theater and i have an american passport from being born here so it's very easy for me to move here which is not the case for like anyone else yeah um i like literally just had a friend from switzerland have to leave because her visa ran out and it was very sad um who was also an amazing performer um so yeah i came for theater I was um, wanting to move again to a city that had like a really big scene, like a big improv scene, drag scene, big art scene in general. And I did not want to live in London. So New York was like the other choice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why New York over London? I feel like they have a good scene too. Oh. So London, I'm now going to like have everyone in the UK hate me. But um, my <laughs> thing with the UK, like, from growing up there and like maybe it's like my Americanness coming out like whatever was instilled in me as a child but I find it like really dour like mm. people are very like low energy they love to complain they're very like there's a lot of gatekeeping so literally mm. like stuff happens it's it's kind of it's, I guess it's kind of stereotyped as well like it's the whole American entrepreneurial spirit like let's get things going yeah. but like it's so much easier to get stuff going and to like do shit here Mm-hmm. I find that yeah. it isn't okay. Um, whether that is for any type of art, whether that's drag or painting or anything. Um, and so I just find like energetically I vibe with that aspect of America more. Um and also like, you know, when you grow up somewhere, it's not as interesting. It's like <laughs> you want to like explore. Yeah, it's more fun. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Especially since you got the citizenship. Yeah. Mm. Exactly, so I have to pay double taxes, so I might as well use it. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, but do you like get the free? Do you get the free healthcare though? How does that even work? You know, I don't even know at this point. It's so complicated. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I shouldn't have brought it up. That was a bad joke. Moving on. <laughs> um, so, so this section, we're going to talk a lot about your paintings. So, how did you get into painting and like visual art? Yeah, I yeah, because the big thing I've been doing for the last like, six years, like my big kind of art form has been business, has been um painting murals and like canvas gallery paintings. And I paint a lot of drag artists. I like collaborate with a lot of drag artists because I love drag and queer people in general. 
exploring a lot of mental health as well is like big things that I like to look at in painting. And um, I started because that was something I did since I was a child. I didn't do theater as a child and obviously didn't do drag. Um, but I, although there are drag children now, so I guess that is something that people are doing from childhood now. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but I didn't even do theater. Uh, but painting was always like something I was good at that was like a very calming activity, like even since I was super young. And so it's kind of a safe place for me. Like I spent a lot of my time in school in the art rooms. I think like for a lot of kids in high school, at least in the UK, like if you're like weird and alternative and queer, like you end up in the art rooms and like the art teachers are nice to you. <laughs> so like that was me. And like I had a fine time outside of that too, but it's just I preferred being there than anywhere else. Um, and then, yeah, I took like a long detour and did other things because of like various life pressures, um, which we could go into if we wanted to. But then I came back to painting when I was like 26. And I just decided like, I want to be happy. I want to do something that makes me happy. Like fuck the, fuck the world, fuck like capitalism, fuck like what people are telling you to do. Just like do what makes you feel good. And like what's always made me feel good since I was little. Oh, painting. So I'm going to do that. And then I've just, since then, I've been doing that and like trying to find a way to make money and survive and exist, but whilst actually doing what makes me happy. Uh, yeah. It's, a, it's such a hard, like, like balance to try to find. <laughs> yes, it is. It <laughs> so much comes down to money. Yeah. No matter what the industry is, it's like it fucking rules us in every way whether it's subtle or in like major ways, like everything comes down to it, which is like depressing. <laughs> Absolutely draining. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I know that. I know that life is very well right now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to quote you. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. uh, for painting, I've worked with organizations like HBO, Savage Fenty, Hard Rock, Ralph Lauren, the Eurovision Song Contest, that's cool. Um, LA NYC Prize, Faith Evans. What have been your favorite projects with these organizations? Yeah, well, just all of them. Like, I just <laughs> did those ones to you because those are my favorite. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay <laughs> perfect. But, uh, but yeah, with, so a lot, most of those are with murals. Like, some are with, like, painting, but mostly it's murals and street art and with that it tends to be one-off projects there's not it's not really like design where you get hired multiple times like mm. a festival or an event will hire you once and then maybe they'll do it again but more likely they'll like want to look for someone else next time um so yeah it, I, it's been one project with each of those rather than repeat um but they've all been great you know like i'm very like we said earlier about how money sucks and like the only reason i've been able to do as much art as they do is because I've been able to do projects like that um, where they actually pay you and like they have the money to pay you. So I'm super grateful because um, there's a lot of free, like most of the work that I do still even now is like is free and it's for myself and it's me putting money into it. And then eventually like once every two months, something from like, oh, Ralph Lauren pops up or like yeah. Savage Fenty pop up and it's like, oh, now I can afford rent. And like at first that was as a freelance artist, that was really, really hard. Like when I first started, I was I moved to L.A. And that's where I got a lot of these opportunities was from being in L.A. And I lived there for a year and a half. 
and it was very scary. I was like, I was, I moved there with no art background at all. I sold one painting when I was living in Berlin for like 300 euros and that was it. Uh, and I had no contacts. I knew absolutely no one. I like slept in my car for the first six months. Oh my God. And it, and it was like a lot of like blind faith of just like, I just have to keep doing stuff and hopefully like a project with money will come in. And like, thankfully it did. And it just kept happening. And that, so that was like 2017, 2018. Um, but it, yeah, you really have to like trust the world that like eventually more money will come through because uh, freelance creative work is like, super unstable, especially in murals. Cause like I said, you don't get those like repeat clients. Mm. And especially right now <laughs> with creative industries just imploding on each other. So, oh God, it's wild. Well, I'm a robot now. AI yeah. is going to do it. I mean, all right. Robots. <laughs> so, like, whatever. I saw a meme the other day that was like, like the future I imagine was not the AI robots writing poetry and making paintings whilst like we do the manual labor. Like, I'm sure your AI, your AI has been like, generated too from your work i'm sure oh gosh yeah apparently apparently you can check it and like oh you can <laughs> website yeah where you can you put your work in and it analyzes stuff and i don't know there's some way that it can tell how many times you've been referenced i've seen some artists do it and probably i mean my stuff's online so. yeah it's not <laughs> like, it's not impossible never yeah. used like deviant art or anything i'm sure they just like oh god everything yeah. Up. yeah completely and that's how it works and like it's sad yeah. and like because I, I so i straddle visual art and drag worlds those are my two favorite things that i'm performing and you know like i don't expect every performer or drag artist to like necessarily know about this stuff but literally when the ai art came out every single drag artist was doing it and still a lot of them are doing it now mm -hmm. And it's like, and then you'll get people commenting under like, oh, you know, this is like super exploitative of other creatives. But then like everyone, like that's one person out of a hundred. And then the other 99 is just like, oh my God, so cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's like, it's, I, I do feel kind of sad when I see that. So I'm like, come on, like you're an artist as well. Like, yeah. don't you get it? <laughs> but I mean, like people just don't know. Like, and there's no reason why you wouldn't know. The only reason I know about it is because I paint and I have painting friends. Otherwise... I would also be like, oh, great, AI art, love it. <laughs> People <laughs> just want, like, free stuff that they don't have to put any effort in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone wants free stuff all the time, even fucking massive businesses. Like, I was talking about, oh. like, oh, I'm grateful these businesses have paid me. Plenty of those businesses try and get away with not paying you, and they will mm -hmm. if they can. It doesn't Absolutely. matter how much money they have. Yep. They don't care. <laughs> it, it's rough out there right now, girls. Pay your artists. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No more there's AI of, art. There's a piece of street art in, near where I live in Bushwick that um is like just a fancy writing saying like pay artists. And I, I love it. I just walked past it the other day. <laughs> God. The girls in Bushwick are suffering. <laughs> no, <they're not. laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Let's not start a chair for Caitlin with the Bushwick girls. <laughs> uh, they're all from the Midwest. It wouldn't take much. Ah! Are, you, are, you, are you not Bushwick girls? Where, where do you guys live? You're in Williamsburg. I'm in Williamsburg. But yeah. you're a transplant. I am. A I'm born and ra raised New Yorker. Okay. And where do you live now? I'm currently in Manhattan, Murray Hill. Okay. Mm -hmm. cool. 
I, I like I've been hopping around and I just moved to Bushwick and then I was here a couple of years ago for for a long summer. And where did I live then? Oh, I lived in Bushwick then as well. So I tend to end up around here. There's a lot of street art around here. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's oh, yeah. great. It's beautiful. I love the art Bushwick. I just like seeing it all. It reminds that's, me a lot of Miami. <laughs> that's fun for a visit. Mm. I'll say that. It's fun for a visit. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. gonna start at tier four. I swear. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. Um, so you talked about this a little bit earlier, but you've painted a lot of queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. What has that experience yeah. been like? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's interesting. Very variable because it comes about in like very like different ways. Like sometimes they'll approach me. Sometimes I'll approach them. Sometimes I'll just like paint it for fun and we've never even spoken and then they'll see it and reach out to me. Sometimes I'll do that same thing and they never even notice it. So like it's it's very, very variable. And I have like, very differing levels of relationships with them i uh, i think sometimes people see it and they assume like oh you must have like like come up with the idea together but a lot of the time it's actually me doing it or me like approaching and being like hey how would you like a piece of street art um and like for the most part it's great because you know i love drag i love art and generally especially the queens that i like to paint tend to really love art and have like very creative drag themselves and I'm often trying to do it in neighborhoods that are like close to or at least the same like city or area that they're from. Um, so it makes sense. Like that doesn't always happen, but sometimes. So yeah, it's just nice because it's like it's not very common. Like, especially back when I first started doing it, um, well, it's been like six years now. Like uh the reason I did it was just because I I loved drag. I wasn't doing drag myself at the time, but I loved it. Um and I just wanted to paint what I loved and there was, and then it kind of blew up because no one else was really doing that. Uh, a lot of the like big drag murals that have been around are even like often by straight artists that have just been hired by someone to paint drag like one time, but then the rest of their portfolio is not dedicated to queerness. Whereas like, I think what makes me different is that I've really like dedicated my entire artistic personality to queerness because that's who I am um and that's very different to someone who's just hired to do a project and they like don't even know anything about it uh so yeah and um so yeah i've done a lot of them and it's fun it's fun who people have, tend to be nice who have you been your like favorite collabs to work with it was super nice i loved um sasha although we never actually met in person but um just talking with her and johnny sasha below sorry um she where they were really supportive obviously she's into art and she made like a great video with it um Sasha Colby who I worked with before she was on Drag Race and she was just so nice um she was already a big deal then even before she was on Drag Race so you didn't necessarily need to be nice not everyone is uh and but she like we did a photo shoot at one of her gigs and she invited me to like hang out with um her friends and watch the show with them and introduce me to everyone. And that's not very common, you know, and I was very new to LA at that point as well. So it's just nice of her to do. Um, and so it made sense when that was also her storyline because well, that actually is who she is even when the cameras aren't rolling. Uh, so that was really cool. Yeah. I mean, all of them, so, so many people are nice. Mayhem Miller is like such a babe. Laganja is like amazing. And like, I'm so glad that Laganja has like changed her public image over the years because like she really is such a wonderful and like thoughtful person. Um, and I'm glad that people can like see that now. 
I love it. Um, what I was kind of surprised to see is that um, Blue Hydrangea did her makeup inspired by your art. <laughs> yeah, that was cool, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's so I, cool. And she, and she didn't tell me she was doing it, so it just popped up on my feed, and then she messaged me, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And it's better painted than how I painted it on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And it was like inspired by, I guess, the Miss Fame. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did a piece in London. The figure was based on Miss Fame. And then um, I did like a Victorian print. Because basically with my painting style, I just like to mix like something abstract, something that isn't usually seen on people, whether that's like colorful splodges or flowers or prints or, you know, like it's all anything really. And then turn that into a face. And I find that transformation just fun to be like oh how can I take this abstract thing and then see what it looks like when it becomes a human um so that's like my kind of style philosophy I guess and so with this one it was just like old Victorian print and uh yeah blue did it she's she's really sweet we have again we haven't met in person but we've mm -hmm. talked online she's really nice it's funny like having online friends I did not grow up with that because I'm like <laughs> 31 so I like started using Facebook and MySpace like quite late in my teenage years so like I didn't have that growing up. So now I'm like, oh, we're like friends, but we've never met. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we got to take you to DragCon. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Oh, I, I took you there once. Yeah, I did. Okay, a, I good. Did a yeah, that was really fun when I was living there. Um, yeah, DragCon's fun. Yeah, I love DragCon. In LA, not the New York version. New York was horrible. <laughs> well, she's not She's not coming back for a reason, girl. Yeah, so. she's not coming back. <laughs> Um, I have two questions, actually. Okay. Um, first one, I guess, how long do your murals usually stay up? And what's like the process of like, I guess, getting a space for it? Yeah, again, it's so variable, like with how the projects come about, with the them funding for it, um, with like everything, it's, it really varies a lot. So like some of them, uh, they'll stay up forever. Like I have a piece that I actually haven't posted yet, Ooh. but um, it's it was with LA Pride and it's of a load of like local LA queer figures, like people that have like worked in public service or so not like in entertainment. And um, that is round the corner from like World of Wonder. It's on the mm. Hollywood fame area. And that's yeah. going to be up until the building gets torn down. Like I think the contract was at least for 30 years. Oh, wow. Um, so oh, that, yes. So some of them are like that. Uh, yeah, I know. I was like afraid when I was doing it because I was like, I hope the paint can last this long. I've never <laughs> to agree. And I was like, well, once comes the worst, you just come back and Yeah, just come it. back. <laughs> yeah. But I was honestly stressed out about it. I was like, I don't know if this paint lasts 30 years, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only one would find out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then weirdly with that one, actually, my friend Ian painted it because it was during COVID, so I couldn't even go and paint it myself. So um, shout out to Ian for doing wow, that. Wow, that's um, crazy. Yeah, that was bizarre. I've had that before. Actually, when I worked with HBO, it was the same thing. It was during mm -hmm. COVID, and so they had to hire someone to paint my design. Um, it's just like, yeah, bizarre. But uh, I hope they yeah, did a wait, good job. <laughs> oh they did yeah okay, he's an amazing tattoo artist and artist as well so he smashed it what was your original question i've like forgotten i'm sorry <laughs> um uh, it's like how long do they last i no. guess uh, that was part i think that was part two and 
I yeah, I guess just how the pop. They... Yeah, how do they come about? I guess like getting the space. Like if it's not necessarily mm. like something commissioned, like where do you find the space for that? Yeah. So yeah, length of time is super variable, like we're talking about. And then how do you get them? So if it's like a commissioned project that I'm approached for, like obviously that LA Pride one, then they sort all of that out and they just come to me and it's done. And I love that because it's easy. And then um either we'll like protect it somehow or there'll be some sort of agreement about what to do if it gets like like painted over. Uh, a lot of them and then there's a lot of them are me finding them, like kind of similarly to like working with drag artists. It's like it's this it's a lot of me going out there and knocking on doors, messaging people. Like I do a lot of just one like I have hot albums in my phone of like walls around the city that I've taken photos of that I'm going to approach the building owner to ask if I can paint there. And it takes a lot. Uh, you have to ask a lot of people until someone wants it. Um, and so, yeah, it's just that. It's like being like a door-to-door -door salesman. It's weird, but mm -hmm. for art. Um, and then recently what I've gotten into is just doing like illegal pieces, which I didn't start out doing. Um, so I like was involved in graffiti and I would do like graffiti festivals and have graffiti friends, but that was like not my vibe at all. I was like, I want to be chill. I have anxiety. I don't want to be looking over my shoulder, like worrying that the police are going to like arrest me. So I never got into that. But more recently I have been doing it. Um, but because I worked out over the years that actually if you pick your spots carefully, like no one cares. So mm -hmm. I did, I, again, I haven't posted yet, but I did a piece of a drag artist called Mauve, um, who's amazing, uh, from Brooklyn. And we did it around the corner from Metropolitan as part mm -hmm. of this, like, Museum of Drag project. Mm -hmm. And that was just on, like, a building hoarding. And, like, police went past me. Uh, it was in the middle of the day. And I just, like, put on my high-vis jacket and I, like, make it, like, try not to give off, like, an anxious energy and, like, pretend that I'm supposed to be there um and then i just do it and so recently i've been doing that more because i hate admin and i hate bureaucracy and it's mm -hmm. like i just like making art and i want to like i want to spread the joy of drag and i want to like paint and so like having to spend ages tracking down walls to convince people to showcase art on them is just like not how i want to spend my time um like the whole admin of it and like, I'm very thoughtful about where I pick my spots. Like, I'm not going to go and like graffiti someone's house. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing, I, I, yeah, right. I'm doing spaces where like nobody cares. So like, it really like, I don't know, in case anyone's like anti-graffiti, I listen to this, like, oh, how dare you like go and paint somewhere that doesn't belong to you. I'm like, like, no one cares. Like, it's a building construction <laughs> hoarding. Like, it has like shitty, it has nothing on it or it has terrible posters or like whatever. So yeah, you're making gotcha. Brooklyn beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I've I've seen the Move um, mural actually. I didn't know that was you because um, I think yeah. he post, he posted about it on Twitter. Him and his uh, wife were talking about it, and we were just like, "We gotta go see it." And I work at Metro all the time, so I'm always over there. <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm going there tonight. I'm gonna do Mad Mondays. Oh, okay. oh you and everyone uh, else that we know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm. I, I might make a, I might make a guest appearance, but um, I, I usually don't perform as much there anymore. Um, I live down the street. I'm doxing myself right now, but <laughs> ah, you do not live by, down the street, by the way. Yeah, I do. You live close by. <laughs> I'm down the street. It's like literally a straight line. 
but whatever. A very, uh, very long street. Oh, anyways. <laughs> if I could walk to work, I live down the street. Sorry about You that. also walk to, like, Manhattan, so. That's true. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're well, anyway, I don't really trust. Time. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. Yeah, it's funny, because I, I painted the one of Mauve. Um, we hadn't met in person yet, and I picked them because they're part of the Museum of Drag project, and they're, like, drag is cool and, like, very genderfucked. <laughs> Uh, so we'd only talked online again. And then I was at Mad Mondays a couple of weeks ago and they were there with Evangeline, their partner. And so we met in person. And then Dimitri, who organized Museum of Drag, had told me like, oh, like they sent me a picture that the Mauve painting had been posted over. Ironically by an art show, but not like a like an independent art show, like a kind of major art festival. And they'd like just posted and covered the entire thing. No. Um, yeah, and so me, Moe, and Evangeline, all in drag at 3 a.m., went out to the posters, and I have videos of it, and we're literally ripping off the posters and unveiling Moe again. So they've returned, but now they have this little, like, crown of, like, art show <laughs> posters. And oh, it's I so funny because we're, like, drag archaeologists. We're uncovering, like, the old <laughs> drag past. Perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. It was I love so that. funny. Um... Caitlin, do you want to take a break or do you want to continue? Um, I think I could just wrap it up into like one more question. I have I have one more question and it doesn't really fit into. I guess my question is for um honestly all artists. It's just like where where do you draw inspiration? Like what other artists are you looking at and who inspired you to get into this? Hmm. God, it's hard to pick out like individual names because I just so I just have like a folder on Instagram where I just have abstract portrait inspiration and I'm constantly seeing people's work that I just love what they've done and like my I I never try and like directly pull from anyone like I'm always wanting if anything to have like a blended amalgamation of all the different things that I see and then create my own version of it um, no matter what art form I'm doing, just because I've always felt a bit uncomfortable with like doing what someone else is doing. I don't know. It feels like too direct. Like I haven't come up with it, even though we're all doing the same stuff anyway, because we're all yeah. coming from the same pool of life. So no shade to anyone that does do that. It's like, do your thing. But um, so yeah, I don't really have like individual people, but just drag has always inspired my painting um and then there's some painters that stick out to me just anyone that like does something different and like experimental and like weird inspires me um yeah hey love that <laughs> and on that note i think we'll take our first little break and we're gonna get into the drag side of you yeah um, we'll be drag right is coming drag is coming um we'll be right back kids bye flying and we're back we're back Woo! um Woo. we're getting from art we're going into art drag can't wait art drag <laughs> art drag <laughs> is hey, that the next a... like 
competition a... art drag. Oh, art drag. Uh, no more competitions. Anyway. <laughs> I, love, but... I love how you say can't wait in like the most monotone unenthusiastic <laughs> voice ever. Like, I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait, Tifa. Um, People always think I'm being sarcastic because I often have a very monotone voice. And I'm like, no, I'm being sincere. This is just how I sound. <laughs> Uh, it's mostly because I'm reading stuff while I'm talking, so I'm... <laughs> no, that's how you talk all the time. Don't even... I'm consuming words as I talk, because well, I'm reading words reading. as I'm speaking. You're reading I'm... War and Peace? Yeah, I'm reading War and Peace. It was the best of times, the worst of times. Oh, um, I try, I try. Anyways, enough about me. That was a tale of two cities. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Tell us more about what you're reading. What I guess you're reading not it. reading. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting red right now. <laughs> Anyways, I'm cutting all of that. No, we're keeping it. Fine. Ugh. <laughs> um, from visual art to a visual drag artist, how did you get into performing for the listeners you can't see i just did a little flurry of the hands i yeah, feel like does. that was important <laughs> for my current energy <laughs> how did i get to performing uh i so it's a bit of a wonky timeline because technically i started like years ago in sacramento when i was work i was working on a weed farm trimming and that's how i, I know random <laughs> um that's like how I started doing painting, like how I supported myself to paint before I made money from it. I would like trim for a bit and then go paint, trim for a bit. And so while I was chewing, I would like on the weekends, like go into town and like do like the open drag stages <laughs> and then go back to the weed farm. But I was so bad. Ugh. And then I like took really long breaks. So I had like an incredibly long baby stage that had long breaks within it. And then, because I was like not a performer. Like I said earlier, I I didn't do theater as a kid, largely because my like I had horrible stage fright. I found it really, really hard to have attention. Like even a small group of like my friends, if they like all paid attention to me at the same time, I would like go red. Like people used to comment on it a lot that I would like blush red whenever people looked at me. So I and so I was like and I wasn't shy, like I had a lot of friends, but it was just something about having attention and especially being on a stage that just like triggered me like massively. Um, so I never saw myself as a performer. And so when I did do it, because obviously there was something inside of me that still wanted to, I was like so bad because I was just completely overwhelmed by the nervousness. Um, and then a couple years ago, uh, well, I did like a lot of trauma therapy and other life things also, but I got into improv and improv really like unlocked my stage fright for me. And then once the stage fright went away, everything just like flourished and suddenly all this like creativity and these ideas and like all this ability as well. Like, I think I'm a good performer now. Like, obviously I'm still developing, but, but I like what I make. Um, and that's like translated to drag. I do stand up. I do burlesque. I do improv. Obviously, that's like my main one. Um, and yeah, it's like my main joy now. So for like the last couple of years, I've just been obsessed. Uh, so painting, painting used to be like my biggest passion, and now they've kind of like switched. Um, yeah, and now I'm just performing a lot because I love it. <laughs> Um, what is musical improv? 
So it's like putting on a musical theater show, but doing it all improvised. So the plot, the characters, the music, the dancing, everything you're making up on the spot with your team. Um, and it can vary like the forms, but um, quite common is people will do like a half hour, so like a short musical, um, or like some teams do like an hour. So you can even do like a full length musical, like a Broadway show, but it's all improvised. And yeah, and it tends to be comedy. Uh, improv really lends itself to comedy. And it's like the most joyful thing in the world. Like, I love it so much. <laughs> like, even more than drag, which is crazy. But then I put musical improv in my drag so I combine the two things. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, my next question. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you also play piano. Did you always know piano? Yeah, I did that since I think I started taking lessons when I was like seven or something like when we moved to the UK. Um, so I did it as a kid, yeah. Um, and I don't think I was ever that good at it. And like, yeah, that I mean, that's how I knew I had stage fright because we had to like do recitals and I would be there like shaking. Even my like driving test, I was like, I was shaking so much during my driving test. I was like, how did I pass when like my foot was constantly tapping the gas, making oh my the God. Like crazy. And we had to drive a manual in England, so you have to do a whole clutch as well. I was like, mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, nerves were not my friend. But yeah, I played piano since I was young, but also took really long breaks. So I can play now and I use it in my act, but I'm definitely not a pianist. Because mm -hmm. um, I took years and years of just not doing it at all. Because I've always been someone, even though now I've like really focused on painting and like the type of performance I do, I've always just liked doing different things. I'm like totally a jack of all trades. So I would like do piano and then like stop it and then learn the saxophone and then learn the guitar. And then I'd be like, oh, now I want to sing. Now I want to do this. And like, I'm just always picking up different hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've gotten to perform all over the world. What have audiences been like around the world? Yeah, it's been fun. And it's funny because I feel like when I write that in like a performing CV, I can twist it to make it sound like, oh, I'm so successful that I get booked everywhere. But actually, I go to the place first and then find the booking. <laughs> Which I mean, as like long as you get booked, it doesn't matter how you do it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's like a trick if you want to like uh, for like performers in general, like don't wait. Like I hear there's a lot of some really successful performers. They're like, oh, I get to travel the world now and now I get to do that. And it's like, actually, a lot of people, like at least Americans and Europeans, you have it within your ability to travel. Like it's it's like it rent in New York is more expensive than traveling to most places in the world. So you could totally just like sublet your apartment, go and travel and then find a show. And then you're like doing what these like drag race queens are doing. You know, I, mean, I know it's not exactly the same, but still. It's like one of those things where I feel like travel is attainable for some people, for some people, not for everyone, obviously. Um, wait, what was the question again? Yeah, um, what have audiences been like in all these different places? Oh, yeah, it's interesting. So, like, UK, I mean, so I heard you guys talk on one of your episodes that I listened to about, like, the difference between Manhattan and Brooklyn yeah. audiences. And yeah. that, like, really struck a chord with me. And, like, I've also been experiencing that here. That like it's really about finding your audience no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. So I think everywhere in the world there are people that appreciate what I do, which is like arty, theatrical, weird drag. And then there's also people that want to see drag race drag. And that is anywhere in the world. Um, 
And I think my style really suits the UK because like my humor is very like dry and absurd and like British people just kind of get that in a way that some other cultures don't mm. but then again there's always people that like it like I feel like Gen Z uh, Gen Z Americans are very like British millennials in their sense of humor I think personally wow. that's like my hot take yeah because like <laughs> it's all like nihilistic like the world sucks and like can you mm. even tell that they're joking or not we don't know like, <laughs> everything's so dry <laughs> <laughs> That's deep. <laughs> India was an interesting one. I lived in, I was in India for six months and I performed drag there. And that's really interesting because drag, at least where I was in India, obviously it's huge, is like very new. So like my yes. friend was like one of the people like establishing drag in the area mm-hmm. of Goa that we were. And so there was like a handful of queens in the entire like area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when I come out doing what I do, I feel like my drag makes sense in the context of like, if you are used to seeing drag race drag, then I come out and you're like, oh, that's funny because that's different. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're not used to seeing drag race drag, you're just kind of like, what the fuck is this like school mascot? Like, what do you and, like? The content <laughs> like, doesn't make sense at all. So like, I noticed that the people were even more like, what are you even doing? Like, this isn't a children's TV like show. <laughs> I was gonna say like your makeup style of like you you have I as we're recording you have the masks behind you. It's very different than like most drag I've seen. So yeah, I'd say so too. I was gonna say it looks like because we were talking about uh musical improv. It's like cunty Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> I get that a lot, actually. I think that's like, because it's objects. Like, I, I, that's my main thing I love doing is like personifying objects and thinking and performing about how would this object view the world and view how humans are using it. Like, it's a lot about like how humans treat the world around us, like via how an object thinks. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just love that. I get a kick out of that. Like, um, even before I started putting in my drag, I was just, I love making up songs about like, how does a toaster feel? <laughs> and I'll like, while I'm washing my dishes, I'll like sing to my sink and be like, thank you sink for keeping my dishes clean. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, so we're getting yeah, I, a, a drag interpretation of the Brave Little Toaster. Scene. Yeah, I was going to say the Brave Little Toaster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So that's like been my main, yeah, that's what I like to do. And then like over the years, I've just leaned into it more and more because it's like the thing I enjoy most. Um, and one of the things that I, the, actually a uh, teacher I had told me is that what's interesting is like, so my performances are not Beauty and the Beast at all. Like, yeah, yeah. as you can probably tell from talking to me, I'm like very like anti-capitalist. I'm very, I can be quite like dark and like, like depressed about the world and that comes into my drag a lot mm-hmm. um so it can often be like very dark but because you have this like cartoon fridge singing to you about how capitalism is destroying the world it like kind of makes it more like palatable because and i and this teacher told me that they were like you ha- you can go really really dark because your aesthetic is so light and like nice um or like childlike uh, so I find that like mixed together like really fun. Like I think it looks childlike, but the shows I do are definitely not for children, and I I, I do not perform for children. Like I've never done that. Um, yeah. <laughs> you did sing in the subway about drag queen story hour. <laughs> yeah, there weren't any children present. Although I guess we 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. About Dragon's Door. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. But even that, I was saying, like, fuck you, parents. That was, <laughs> that was the moral of that number. <laughs> I was like, you parents are dumb. Fuck off. <laughs> I, I like I kind of like the idea of like drag anywhere kind of aesthetic. Oh yeah, because it's kind of like your art as well. Like it could just be anywhere for anyone to consume, I guess. Oh, definitely, and I could do shows that kids are in. Like I'm doing a show in Coney Island this weekend, and I had to double check, like, oh, is it 18 plus or not? I just think like when I'm allowed to go off the rails and just be myself, I'm gonna go to like quite like dark themes. Mm-hmm. Um, which sometimes is appropriate for children. Yeah, children can learn about anti-capitalism too. It's That's just right. like how you phrase it. Yeah. I mean, the original fairy tales were pretty dark, especially like grim fairy tales. <laughs> mm. Exactly, the non-Disney-fied versions are horrific. Yeah. yeah. German fairy tales—they're really dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, what have been some of your drag inspirations? Because I feel like your look doesn't look like anything that we're used to. I feel like it's kind of its yeah. in its own lane. Yeah, I think aesthetically, I, yeah, it just developed myself through like, oh, what do I enjoy doing? And like the very first one I did, I was a cigarette because I just, I, because also the big thing about my drags, I make it all out of cardboard that I find on the street. So it's very, very, very low cost. So even when I do do those gigs in Manhattan where I get like $5 tips, it's like, hey, I still made a profit. And that's actually a big like value of mine is I really don't think that any art should need to be expensive. I think everyone should be able to make art and be able to participate. Um, so that's like a big belief that I have. So I'm really, and also it helps me because I don't have to spend money. So like, um, that's like a really big part of what I'm doing. I lost my train of thought again. What was the question? Um, what are your like drag inspirations? Oh yeah. So, oh, that was it. It's because I was saying, um, the cigarette. So I just had paper in my room that I was painting on, and I looked at it, and I was like, hmm, "If I like wrapped this around myself, I would kind of look like a cigarette." And then I did a cigarette number, and that was the first time that I did an object, and it was really fun. So I it just kind of like developed from there. And then while I was already on my way, one person who's been now a big support because we've become online friends is um Lucky Stars, who's the Lucky Stars with Zeds on Instagram who's in um, Miami and they also do like kind of objects and like cartoon creatures um, and they're amazing like check them out and um, we like now talk a lot back and forth because like we have a similar style um, so they inspire me a lot now especially because they like make that they often make their objects still very feminine and glamorous which I find interesting because like I'm not at all. I like literally am a wine glass with like no human shape to me at all. So like we're similar, but we're also quite different. But they're really great. And then like just again, like similar to painting, anyone like I love concepts. So like anyone that has like a, a fun concept. Um, I'm inspired by like loads of queens. Um, not so much aesthetically, but in like the sense of humor and how you like just tell stories. Uh yeah yeah i feel like it has a unique perspective that we don't get to see a lot i say i can't really compare it to like any drag i've seen lately which is good which is good i was maybe like the closest thing would be like nina bonina brown on like season yeah a little bit of that a little bit of that oh not yeah and lucky stars is nina's drag daughter Uh, ah 
Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, like, Nina, like I think Nina's great, but, like, I've watched Drag Race forever. For some reason, it didn't really connect at the time in that way. I don't know mm -hmm. why. I do think she's really great. And now, obviously, her drag daughter, I like, is one of my favorite drag artists. Um, but maybe it's just the period of time that I was in. It, like, I really believe that, like, so much of what we experience in life is just whatever we're going through at the time. So when people are like, oh, what city do you like? Or, like, whatever it is. It's just, it's more about, it's not really about the city, it's about me. And like, mm -hmm. so different queens connect to different periods of time. Um, so yeah, but N Nina's great. Um, you know who I love actually is Charity Case, who was on Drag Race mm. UK. Yeah. I interviewed, I interviewed them um, for a podcast that I do where I like, I live paint people while um, interviewing them. Uh, and she was like, not, appreciated by drag race at all i re no no she was hated. and they, they didn't know what to do it. with her yeah and it and it made me mad like it made me mad at the time but then i rewatched it the other day it made me even more mad because i'm like she is incredible I feel They're... like it might not have been the right platform for her yeah i was gonna say drag race is never gonna appreciate someone with like a very artistic vision like she does so there's my hot take it's not even hot at this point. Yeah. It's, it's not a hot. Warm. It's a very cold take. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Charity Case is amazing. Mm. So you have also had Hey Queen ties, just like I have. What's your story? We might have yeah. seen each other on set, probably. Well, I never went on set. Because okay. what, what, I, what I worked with them was I made paintings, digital paintings that were used to introduce the guests. For one of the seasons okay yeah so they would like flat when they introduced the guests to come out they would like flash up my painting and then i did i don't know who i did now i know i did michael henry who's like a comedian in la who's really great um a load of drag people but yeah it was like a one season thing because i've been watch i watch hey queen and i really like them so i just messaged them being like hey let's work together i'm glad they got back <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. really cool yeah, it was fun. It was like, uh, and that was a while ago. So that was like, one. Uh, that was a big thing for me at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope they credited you on everything. Yeah, they were really great. That's super nice. I love that. <laughs> Shout out to Hey Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Um, a show that I don't think exists anymore. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think they're well. At least Johnny seems to be focusing more on um the go go for the gold. Mm. Which well, you can read my interview with Johnny on work dot com. And on that note, let's take our last <laughs> little break, <laughs> and we'll be right back, kids. Bye. Wig. Okay. Flying and we're back. We're back. Ooh. We're back. Our last little segment. Yeah, segment. we're gonna talk about a couple of upcoming projects, and then we'll get into our usual. So you wrote in stage an original music and musical in India. We're all fucked up. <laughs> the object musical with an ensemble of drag characters, and that's coming to yeah. New York apparently. When is that happening? Yeah. 
But hopefully toward the end of the year, I'm currently talking with the Brooklyn Comedy Collective, which is an amazing like comedy improv, etc. theatre, which is queer run in uh, Brooklyn. It's like near $3 bill. Mm -hmm. um, everyone in New York, go look at their shows. I'm performing there at a queer variety show like next weekend called Sparkle Hour. But yeah, but they do like full, they do written full shows as well as improv. So hopefully there. Um, we're still talking about it, but it's definitely going to happen at some point. Um, and yeah, I loved it. I staged it in India and it was very fun. I just basically took all of my, a lot of my drag characters and then made a story about mental health and about how different people view the world and about like objectivity, subjectivity idea and put it into like a dark comedy musical that's very absurd. Um, and it was very fun dressing everyone up as my drag character and having them all like run around. It was great. <laughs> That's cool. I feel like you should take uh, it like to the French festival or something. Oh yeah, Edinburgh. Uh, the French festival. The Fr okay. Edinburgh Fringe or a different one? Uh, I think there's a New York City Fringe. Unless I'm losing my oh, mind. Cool. There's a couple, I believe. I know there's the Edinburgh one too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, the New York City one too. Yeah, fringe oh, NYC. Cool. Cause it's yeah. kinda it, they kinda just like do like that like they'll have all different types of like shows and stage shows. Mm. I feel like it would yeah, fit. Then... I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a good suggestion that I definitely want to do more with it. Um because I've I've done quite a lot of like solo and like improv ensemble performing now, but like actually putting together a whole like written show with a cast is like a whole other beast. Um, mostly just like wrangling people to get them to rehearse. That's like the hardest. That's hard. Part. Yeah. <laughs> Especially but, uh, other creatives. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh lordy. Well, there's the enough people here that someone's gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and like I sort of referenced earlier in our talk, like that was a big motivation for coming to New York. And like already, I've only been here for a couple months, and I'm I think I have a show like every night this week because there's just so much happening. And like by comparison, I was in Bristol in the UK. That was the last place I like lived, lived, and was mm -hmm. performing. And it's amazing. It's a beautiful place, super artistic. I love it. Um, but like, there's not even one percent really of what there is here like yeah. it's like the amount of opportunity is just insane uh so yeah i love it i'm very happy to be here <laughs> we're happy to have you exactly <laughs> um so i was going through your um instagram and it said that there's a queer street art documentary coming out about you called out in the streets oh yeah so it's not just about me it's about queer street art in general but okay i'm, I'm in it yeah, um, and I'm just—I was just laughing at myself because I was like, "Do I want it to just be about me? Maybe." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Why not?" Thank you, thank you for oh. plugging this. They need the uh, well, they don't need the promo, but it's good for people to know about this project because it's great. Um, Dusty Rebel, who's like a New Yorker, has been running Queer Street Art, a page for a long time where he just documents queer graffiti, and this is like his baby that he's made entirely independently. And um, it's coming out soon. And I think it's going to be like big. Like, so I just did a project with Hard Rock where I painted Sasha Colby. Um, and that came about because of this documentary. So there's like a lot of 
there's a lot of things happening ahead of its release and it's just like cool to document a very like unknown scene and like just he's done it in like a very like real thoughtful way and he really cares about queer community um so it's like yeah and it's connected me like the act of being part of this film has connected me with loads of queer street artists that like, i'm going out to san francisco in october to do a like a bear festival with one of the artists that's also in the film like i know loads of them now and it's just like a field that like i kind of referenced this talking about why i started painting drag but like it just was not common at all like graffiti and street art was all men and it was all straight men and it was like mostly like either text graffiti or like pictures of like beautiful looking women and that's it and like any other voice just didn't exist or when it did exist it got painted over really fast because the straight boys don't want to see that so like it's just really cool to see like a change in that happening um and like and like coincidingly also like way more female street artists as well um which is also really necessary uh so yeah it's, it's a very like fun film that should be out soon <laughs> yeah that's exciting yeah but um, i'm already doing a thing for it like they filmed it already so in terms of like it's i guess it is an upcoming project it's like an upcoming release project but i'm just sat here and like just he's doing all the work <laughs> <laughs> you, you already did your work you yeah you did the work you're good you're good you know what's um, weird about it is that they filmed it years ago. Like these films take so long to make. So yeah. like when it does finally get released, like all the stuff about me is going to be so out of date. Um, so it's like quite fun. It's like how they, you know they release Drag Race like a year after. Yeah, yeah. Happens. So like they're like that's not even me anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's capturing a moment. Yeah. I guess that's why they call it documentary. <laughs> Already. Um. Do you want to do this question? Yeah, that's usually okay. my question. Okay. Um, so we're gonna go back to our usual how we wrap up the show. What is the best advice you'd have for artists starting out? Ooh. Yeah, it's a big question. I know things that have the main things that have really like helped me in terms of like career and like opportunities, but also in terms of like my own creative satisfaction has been like, one, like try and move to a place where you're supported, you know, like a place that has a community that like gets you and like is has a big enough community that you can find like people that get what you're doing, if that's possible for you or like find it online if you can't physically move. But I really believe in like real life being in a place. And like me moving to LA was huge for me. And now moving to New York is big and like, like every move I've done where I've managed to find that has been so important um and then the other thing is like really hone in on what makes you you even even if at the time it's like seems bad or people don't get it uh like so i think art is really about like exploring ourselves through exploring the world and creating things and like the more that we do that the more it's gonna like create something interesting that might resonate with other people um because there's so much work out there so it's like i don't i think it's like really staying true to yourself and exploring what interests you um those are like probably my two big things yeah 
perfect. Works for us. <laughs> Here, this is your moment. That's my moment. Let me have it. Um, mm -hmm. David. Um, can you tell us a crazy moment in nightlife or in the art world that you've experienced? Something juicy, something scandalous, anything that pops up in your head? Salacious. Licentian. <laughs> Oh god, you even warned me about this question. I forgot that it was coming. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I joked about this before. Like, my memory is so bad. I'm just going to go with a really recent one. So, like, very recently, I was in the woods at, like, a radical fairy gathering um, who are, like, a beautiful, amazing community. Um, and I've, like, spent a lot of time within Europe and, like, in other places in the world as well. And they, like, made a musical and someone got pissed on on stage and as part of the musical and i was like look me and other people watching but we were like looking like is that a penis is that like a water bottle that they're like pretending is a penis and i was like examining it like no that's his actual penis and i was like there's like 300 there's like 200 people watching this show and this person managed to pee on someone in front of everyone and i was just so impressed you know, like I sometimes clam <laughs> up at a urinal, let alone when 200 people are watching me. <laughs> and he peed for such a long time. Oh. It went for so long. I can tell you're in New York. And this was in Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> in sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds correct. <laughs> um, listen. Yeah, that was fun. Brooklyn has a long history of pissing on stage. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, is oh, is that boring then? All right. no, 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 I'm just saying it is continuing the <laughs> yeah, tradition. Yeah, continue on, on on stage. We love a pee story, but okay, because I have more in the archives. I can go into the oh, brain. Fine. Um, it's up to you. <laughs> it's up to you. Oh wait, I will tell you one more actually, because this yeah. all made me laugh, and it's kind of important for myself. I don't know if it's salacious, but I remember when I was living in London, I started going to like fetish parties when I was like 21. Most not so much for the kink side, but more just to like explore areas that were more like experimental and weird and like accepting of that and and etc. And then I remember going to this night called um oh god, I can't remember the name, but I went in drag and we walked in and I was just like, oh, you know, to my friend, like, oh, you know, I just want like more. I want something that's like more intense than this. And she was like, babe, look up. And above us, hanging from the ceiling from it was a naked guy hanging from an upside down crucifix. And she was like, I don't know what you want that's more than this. You're going to have to move to like Berlin or something. And then I did move to Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Was, that... Ber was Berlin more uh, intense? Insane. I think it is more so than yeah. London, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just think every party in Berlin is a sex party, so it's just the sheer amount of things means that there's probably more like salacious things as well. London's a bit. London has them, but they're not as common. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And on that crucifix was Martyr. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, <laughs> well, I might be moving to Berlin soon, actually. So, oh, oh cute. We'll throw you on one. Yeah, we'll throw me on oh. one. That's that's how I'm going to be shipped over. <laughs> 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 
Have you been there before? Do you? Because I could introduce you to people and stuff when you do. No, I, I drag people there. I haven't been there before. It's all also up in the air. It's not confirmed right now, but um. Well, let so me know we'll if see. you do. I'll I will. Put you in touch with some nice Thank weirdos. You. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, um, we can talk off. <laughs> no, the listeners um, need to hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who is oh. it? Um, Jock Sing, Jock Sing, where are you going to live in Berlin? <laughs> I haven't figured anything out. Um, <laughs> Caitlin, do you want to do the next question? Yeah. Um, do you have any other future projects to promote? Yeah, I have. So Instagram at David Puck Drag, I put all my shows on there. So I have a lot of drag shows and like burlesque comedy uh, improv shows coming up. So any of those. It's hard to get an audience in New York. You know, there's like so much happening all the time. So if anything that I do resonates, come along to a show and we can say hi, because there'll probably only be like 10 people in the audience. So it's very easy to, to say hi also. Um, Been there. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't want to like highlight any one specific one. Just like, yeah, if people look, there's like, I have loads of shows coming up um so yeah come come and be silly with us and on that note uh where do you want to take your art and your drag in the future i i feel like i'm always like always trying new things so like the other day i was dressed as like a wine glass and i did an original electronic song about like being thrown in someone's face and so and that like opened up this like pop star energy in me where I was like I am Taylor Swift but I'm a wine glass so then I was like the idea of actually creating more original music because I improvise music but I don't like write and record it so I think that could be really fun um like continuing down that realm and obviously like the musical that I'm staging currently it's a half hour musical so expanding that and doing like full shows is definitely something like I started writing other pieces as well um and really like in improv like expanding what is possible within improv like I love interactive immersive things and experimental things so I really see like the more that I do there the more I can like play with the form and um and like try and move beyond what is like typical from a show and just like see how weird we can get uh so all of that is kind of like what I want to do within art like in terms I just want to like be able to keep making it. So however that's possible in terms of like external things. Um, I don't really have any goals of like where I want to do these things. I just know that I want to like make cool stuff. Yeah. Feel that. Same here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. I would love to like eventually I definitely see myself living on like an artist queer commune in nature. And like having a theater space there that people can come to and like maybe come and even like learn from as well. But like living in nature, but still like I basically want to be in nature, but have all of the culture and the creativity of a city. So like that's like my long term life goal. It's like that's where I want to end up. Um, so however that can happen. Great. <laughs> I definitely think it's possible. I see it for you. Absolutely. And I think it's possible. Yes. Manifest. We're manifesting it now. That's right. <laughs> as we do. As we do. Um, well, thank you so much for Yay. doing our show. 
It was a pleasure talking Thank to you. you for having me. It's so Of nice course. to talk about drag and art and about <laughs> yeah. myself. About <laughs> ourselves. we love to talk. Um, where can the kids find you online? Uh, David Puck, P-U-C-K, like a hockey puck, or fuck with a P, David Puck drag and David Puck artist. I mostly just use Instagram. I need to upload on TikTok. I like have so much TikTok content that I just haven't uploaded. But yeah, I'm on there. Like if you just Google David Puck, it tends to come up with me because it's basically me and then the guy that was on the real world. We're like the only David Pucks in the world. And sometimes You're like, we get confused I know who for that each other. is. Oh. David Puck Rainey. Oh, it You was, know them? yeah. Oh, it wasn't it the, yeah, he's the guy who um spit in the girl's face or whatever. Yeah, No, he was baby. like a notorious, infamous Yeah, contender. he he was like Yeah. one of like the first like breakout reality stars. Not to get it He too. messaged me on, he messaged me on Instagram from like a non-official account. Um, <laughs> like, it was, a, I won't tell the story because it's really long, but it was very, yeah. very bizarre. And eventually Oh it was God. like, why did you like steal my name? And I was like, babe, I didn't. It's like my name. I'm like, you're not, <gasps> <laughs> oh my God. you're not, I didn't even watch the real world. Like I'm British. <laughs> I love an ego. <laughs> I love when someone has an ego for no well, reason. he was, he Yeah. was just so crazy on this show, so. Yeah. He ended up being really nice in our little exchange after I told him that I didn't take his name. So I hope he's doing okay wherever he is. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Well, thank you, babe, for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure yeah. talking. On that <laughs> note. and on that note. I'm going to take my mask off and I was David Putt in the real world one last time. <laughs> that, Absolutely. I, that would be the best reveal of all That's time. the interview. Yeah, that's the interview of all <laughs> time. it Oh, was my God. right in front of your noses. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, yeah, that thank was... you for having me. It's been super fun. Of course. Let's do retro tonight. Let's Oh, do retro. I might. I might. I might. We'll see. Um, I was Martyr. Oh, I see Tepper. And this was Oh. David Puck. <laughs> oh, I messed that up. <laughs> I'm You're sorry. good. I thought you were. It's I fine. thought you were introducing me. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're out your Wait, nature. do it again. Do it again, and I won't sing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm keeping all this in. I'm... No. Bye, kids. Bye. Bye, Bye. kids. Bye. <laughs> I'm C. Tepper. You can follow me on Instagram at C-T-E-P-P-E-R and read my book, The State of Drag, where I interviewed 175 drag queens from around the world. All proceeds go to charity on Amazon.com. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DragTheMartyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, dick pics, send them to DragTheMartyr at gmail.com. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Pandora. And catch up with past episodes on work.com. That's W-E-R-R-R-K.com. Artwork for Wigging Out was provided by Glitter Baby Online. That's Glitter Baby Online. Thank you. <laughs>